Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And just a little word, um, we are working on the Gabriel Union deep dive as we speak. Um, there were some technical issues with my phone and with our recording equipment, so that is what's happening. That is why it is taking such a long time to get that done. That being said, Will will be joining me later on in this broadcast with Politalk, where he tries to explain himself. <laughs> so, you got that to look forward to. But first, we're going to start with a semi-exclusive story. That's right, I said semi-exclusive. Um, when I get to the exclusive part, I will let you know. Uh... For right now, though, let's focus on Nick Cannon and Eminem. Nick Cannon, for whatever reason, decided to drop a diss track against Eminem, where he alleges that Eminem is caught on tape sucking dick. Now, there doesn't seem to be any proof of this. Um, All Nick Cannon said to back himself up is that all, all he said is that there um Eminem's former chauffeur okay the only proof that Nick Cannon offers up is that allegedly Eminem was out one night with a, a male friend or a male companion at the very least and Eminem starts giving his male companion head and the chauffeur turns around and records it. Eminem allegedly paid the guy $5,000 and then fired him. And there doesn't seem to be any basis for this argument. There doesn't seem to be any proof that anything of that sort even happened. Eminem, for his part, uh, tweeted out, You angry, bro? And then asked... And then started to shoot down the. They started to shoot down um, the lyric in question one by one, including saying, "I've never had a chauffeur," and uh, which seems to be the truth. I don't think he actually ever has had a chauffeur. I think he's always driven himself, or it's been like a chauffeur for a night. Um, not a chauffeur that would be on his staff full time. So, that, uh, that actually does seem to be um, true, the truth coming out of Eminem. However, and this is where things get interesting. As a Detroit native, I am privy to gossip from around the neighborhoods. And this is the exclusive part of our program. It has always been rumored that Eminem would host orgies. He would have women come in to allure men uh, into these sex parties and then end up screwing three or four of the guys at a time. And almost never did the guys complain or anything because, you know, when someone else is paying for the booze and the drugs and and the sex, you tend not to say anything. 
these rumors were so prevalent that it caused Eminem to hire bodyguards and have people sign a non-disclosure agreement before they were allowed to step foot in his house. That included his cousin, Nate, who, when Nate refused to sign an NDA, was no longer allowed to be at Eminem's house. And as far as I know, that continues to this day. Uh, And it's something that Eminem takes very, very seriously. Uh, No one has... People have violated them, obviously, because I've heard about them, about these parties and whatnot. Uh, But no one dares speak publicly about it because they don't want to incur the wrath of, of Eminem. He is a very powerful person. And believe it or not, he's actually very intelligent. This is, of course, the story we're going to continue to follow. And I will bring you the latest updates later on um, this week or next week. For right now, though, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So one of the saddest things about the modern era is that a lot of our beloved magazines are going under. Uh, We keep hearing that Vogue is about to print its last issue. Um, Grayton Carter, who steered Vanity Fair for the last 25 years, retired earlier this year. And we've heard that um, we're in the last issues of that magazine. Mad Magazine, the satirical comic book type of uh, magazine... Uh, is said to have ceased publication after 67 years on the job. Uh, They're still going to put out special issues and whatnot, but, you know, it's not the same thing. We're so used to seeing these... We're so used to seeing that these magazines put out monthly or quarterly or whatever issues, and they're suddenly just going to go away on us. And it's really shocking. Uh, even Entertainment Weekly, it's n- no longer a weekly magazine. Now it's a monthly magazine. Uh, they just kept the masthead as um, Entertainment Weekly for some reason. Um, so, but that's not what we're not talking about. Any of those, we're going to talk about out in the advocate now, because there's a lot of drama behind the scenes going on. So, Out in the Advocate are owned by a company called Pride Media. And Pride Media does not have the most sterling of reputations, but, you know, they're decent enough. And earlier this year, in April, they hired an interim CEO by the name of Oscar Reese. Uh, Oscar Reese took over... And you started hearing things like freelancers weren't getting paid and whatnot. The National Writers Union actually filed a $40,000 lawsuit to help freelance writers get their back pay from out the advocate and other um, Pride Media outlets. Um, a, A columnist by the name of John Paul Brammer was basically told, we don't know when we're going to pay you for your columns. Which, again, no writer ever wants to hear. So yesterday, <laughs> in 
a stunning move that has left staff writers, freelancers, and the LGBTQ community as a whole reeling. Oscar, Oscar Reese, Philip Picardi, who was editor-in-chief of Out, and Zach Stafford, who was the first black... Uh, the first black editor of The Advocate all turned in their resignations. And it has left people wondering what the future is for these esteemed publications. Will they still be around? The short answer is probably not. What we're hearing, what we're seeing is probably the beginning of the end for, for all of these. Uh, there's no quite telling when the end will come. Um, it could come as soon as um, the end of the day today. Or it could take a while. Um, usually magazines have at least two or three issues ready to go to the printer. Uh, I don't know if that's the case with these or not. If there was money trouble, they may not have been planning that far ahead. Not knowing if they would have the writers or the staff to, to do this. Um, to put out another issue. But it, it stands to reason that they would at least have something ready to go. Uh, and I know many people are going to lament the fact that there's two less magazines for, for writers to pitch to, for writers to write for. But I think there's a bigger story here. And that's um, the LGBTQ community could be losing two of its strongest voices um, in the media. Uh, you know, it, and that's something. During the times, you know, during the Obama years, most people would have just probably just shrugged it off and said, there's uh, after Elton, after Ellen, there, um, there are all sorts of gay blogs. Which is true, but having out and the advocate during the Trump years has been a source of stability for the community when our rights are being attacked left and right. So that, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. That's what I'm, that's the perspective I'm viewing everything through is, wow, like... You know, I grew up reading out. I grew up with The Advocate. And it made me feel less alone in the world. So, I'm really hoping that I'm wrong. Maybe um, maybe they have new a new management team coming in. And this was just the way for Reese, Picardi, and Stafford to um, save face uh, after being fired. And that is always a possibility, though it's not very likely. And I'm going to go and take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And it is time, once again, for us to get into Drunk Awards, where we do all the backstage gossip about our award seasons. And yes, at the end of this on Oscar night, we will do a, comp- a compilation episode um, because it was such a big hit last year I figured why not let's do it again this year Um, and we're going to start that out with talking about Tiffany Haddish Tiffany Haddish 
it claims that she was asked to do the Oscars, um, but she's only going to do them if she's paid. Now, normally, and we've talked about this before last year, normally the, the payment is um, pro- basically free promotion for your project or whatever products you are hawking at the time. You have 90 million um, people watching you. And, I mean, this is just... It's great promotion. If even 10% buy your movie ticket, that's $90 million. Um, using 10 bucks a pop, which I... Movie tickets are much more than that now. Um, so, yeah. So Tiffany Hatch is, is causing all this controversy about the host. And... There's a twist to this whole thing, though. Of course there's a twist, because why would I be talking about it if there wasn't? So as she's saying these things, as she's talking about not hosting unless she gets paid, there's a secret she's keeping. And according to Blind Gossip, that secret that she's keeping is that she hasn't actually been asked to host, and they're not even really considering her. So why lie? First of all, she wants to create the buzz and try to force their hands. Um, after the Kevin Hart debacle last year, <coughs> she's hoping to force their hands in bringing on a person of color as host. And if it's a woman of color, that's even better. Uh, that way it can look like, hey, um, you know, we're, we're so cool, we're so relevant. You know, we're hip, and we're, we're standing with our social justice warriors, and we're bringing on a person of color to do this. Except, the broadcast last year was so successful, and so popular, that there's a chance they're going to go hostless again this year. And I think, I have to um, look into this, but I believe that this would be the first time that... There has ever been two years without a host. And I want to be quick to point out that Deadline, um, TV Line, and all the other um, industry trades, they don't see that happening. They don't see two hostless years. There's, right now there's speculation that they have a top candidate and they're in negotiations right now. Many people think that the top candidate could be Ellen. Um, or Billy Crystal, uh, a veteran host who's already been vetted, and they don't have to worry about a controversy springing up about either of them. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, according to Blind Gossip, has already ruined her chance. Uh, last year, she had that huge um, show where she bombed out horribly, which put them on edge that she's not good under pressure. And uh, and her star has faded quite a bit since um, since last year. Yes, she has a hit TV show, um, the the last OG, but that's mostly credited to Tracy Morgan, not her. And her bit about wearing that dress has worn really thin, um, and can be considered aggravating. And there's also the fact that she thought 
to try um, this publicity stunt in the first place that has producers annoyed. Now, I don't blame her for trying to get a gig. And I don't blame her for trying to get paid for that gig. But, honey, sweetie, okay? If you want to work in Hollywood, if you want to continue to work in Hollywood, maybe don't do that, alright? Let's be real here. These are not people who you can bully, that you can try to coerce into doing what you want. They coerce you into doing what they want, not the other way around. That's an edism for you. And I love that we're kicking off Drunk Awards this way with this kind of story. Hopefully it keeps getting just more salacious and more scandalous as, as the season goes on. I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I'm back. And one of the things that comes up that I get asked about a lot is how much research do I do for my books? And the truth is, it depends on the book itself. Um, I'm writing a parody of action movies that I've literally done zero research for other than watching bad action movies. And Will has a whole list of bad action movies for me to go through. Um, So I didn't really do that research. Will did it for me. Um, Which is why I always say he's the best. Um, But, you know, there are some stories that I take very seriously. Um, There's a new a new book that's kind of rattling around in my head right now. Um, it's a little bit different than anything I've done before. It's more literary. Um, definitely more uh, dramatic, um, more serious than my typical. Although, let's face it, nothing I write is ever going to be that serious. Um, but it is, it, it's based on um, science fact. So... I want to make sure I'm getting this right and reading everything I can about it, even the boring, dry uh, journals. And I'll, um, over the holidays, I'll be asking uh, for some help in understanding why this is happening um, from someone who I know and trust who um, works in the medicine medical field. So... Um, that's, that's kind of where I am. I don't do a lot of research. But I know a lot of writers who do do a lot of research. Will, for one, um, he does a, just a shit ton of no, research. Jackie Collins didn't do any research at all. Or she did very minimal research. And her research was kind of like mine, where you just sit and listen to people talk. And let, let these snippets of conversation evolve into the story. Of course, it's a little bit different because she was in Hollywood, among the Hollywood elite, and was able to craft the uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous career, and I just listened to tourists bitch about the price of a taxi cab. But, nonetheless, we will get there. Uh, you know, John Grisham does a ton of research for his books. And, first of all, John Grisham, if you're listening, please, please, please let me interview you or, at the very least, sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. Because I want to pick your brain and learn how you're such a genius. 
Jackie Collins had a drink with me and she was fine afterwards. So what's, what's worse that's going to happen to you? I mean, really. <laughs> and for the rest of you who think I'm crazy that John Grisham is listening, I have something to tell you. You never know who's listening, alright? I have a um, source inside ABC and I found out that a major, a major talk show host was actually listening to Drunk Gossip. You know who you are. I love you for listening. And call me. Okay, call me. <laughs> we can talk. I, I know that's really, like, stressing you all out and, like, who is this mystery person? I will tell you, this person has a talk show. It, the talk show is on ABC. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's technically syndicated, but it's mostly on ABC stations. And they are someone who we've talked about extensively on the show. I I believe, but I'm not 100% sure, that they've had their own deep dive. Uh, so there you go. And, you know, a lot of... Getting back to the topic at hand... When I do write a, when I do write my, um, my Jackie Collins-esque Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous book, I've done a lot of research, truthfully, reading the gossip pages every night, um, reading the conspiracy theory, um, pages, which we are still, Will and I are working on putting together uh, another conspiracy theory episode. We think it's going to be part of the Patreon, though. So if you don't support the Patreon, go over there and do it already. And we're going to get a lot better about posting on there, I promise. But, um, you know, research, people say research is the backbone of writing. You know, writing is the backbone of writing. Creating and getting the words out there. Rewriting and all of that is very important. But the bones is the actual writing. And I think I just mixed up my metaphors. And Bill is going to kill me because I'm doing this without production notes. And if I was if I was using production notes, I probably wouldn't have mixed up my metaphors. But here we are. Don't tell Will. And I won't tell Will. Um, even though Will's going to listen and know. And I'm going to get yelled at anyways. So maybe I should just tell him. That's something I would have to research. See what I did there? Alright guys, I'm going to go take a break, and when I come back, I'm going to have Will with me. I'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm back, and I have brought Will kicking and screaming at me about his missing whiskey again. Please stop making that joke. It wasn't funny the first time you told it. It's not funny now. I laughed for 20 minutes the first time I made it. It was funny. And when was that? Last week, while you were gone. Uh, yeah, listeners, um, tell me if he actually laughed for 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> did, because I don't think the segment here even... I don't even think the segment he recorded where he made that joke was that long. But anyway, on to... Welcome back to Politalk. I am mostly recovered, so you get to listen to my dulcet tones again. And Ed has returned with the keys to the studio, so we do not have to record it in my car. You didn't have to record it in your car in the first place. You could have recorded it at your house. 
Yes, I could have in the house that I live in with other people. Anyway, moving on. Only a few major stories for you this week, but we're going to cover each of them, one of them in particular, in some depth. So strap in. First things up, first we have the big news of the week. The Democrats have formally announced that they will be drafting articles of impeachment. Big surprise. Yeah, kill surprise. Nancy Pelosi made the call earlier. The House is expected to vote on them, possibly even before Christmas. And with um, the actual basis and justification for the articles coming in just this weekend, Democratic representatives have said that Trump's impeach, Trump is being impeached because he bribe, attempted to bribe a foreign official into investigating his political opponents and betrayed the national trust by withholding military aid that would have helped one of our allies fight one of our enemies. Uh, did they say anything about um, obstructing uh, Congress? Yes, actually. One of the articles will focus on Trump's unprecedented stonewalling of House, of the of the House, and well, less so the Senate because the Senate is Republican controlled, but his unprecedented stonewalling of Congress's absolute refusal to cooperate with them on nearly any measure, his not giving them any information, even in the middle of an impeachment inquiry, which, by the way, Trump has decided has elected not to participate in future impeachment trials, in future impeachment. Uh, hearings. He will not send witnesses. He will not appear himself. His lawyer will not arrive to defend him. So for all his talk about not getting a fair shake, he doesn't really seem to be wanting one. Yeah. Kind of unusual. I mean, I would personally defend myself. But there are those who argue that he's doing the right thing because if he participated, it would, in in the eyes of MAGA people... I almost said maggot people, but you know, um, the difference is not that great. <laughs> um, they say that it would legitimize the impeachment after he's worked so hard to make it seem illegitimate. Well, I guess there are plenty of people who will fall for it if he continues to move the goalposts, Lindsey Graham and others among them. But anyway, moving on to the next big story, sort of related to impeachment, actually. In fact, focusing on somebody who has spent the entire past couple of months attempting to discredit the effort. Leading House Republican Devin Nunes. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear us laughing in the background because this is, this is amazing. So this past weekend, uh, last weekend, actually not this past weekend, CNN reported that over the past year, Devin Nunes had been in contact with Rudy Giuliani's Ukrainian associate Lev Parnas who was heavily involved in the effort to smear Marie Yovanovitch and investigate the, investigate the origins of the Mueller probe and was recently indicted by a grand jury on campaign finance violations. Parnas is expected to testify regarding meetings that he had with Nunes where the House intelligence rep said, well, wanted, to, wanted him to help with an effort to investigate Hunter Biden. Nunes has denied these out Nunes has denied these allegations and even on Tuesday sued CNN. Yeah, he sued <laughs> for how much? 435 million dollars. 
Devin Nunez is suing CNN for $435 million. It's a defamation lawsuit. He's claiming that CNN is, def- is maliciously defaming his character. I didn't know he had a character to defame. Yeah. Um, in my personal opinion, Devin Nunez is libel-proof, given how he's already been caught abusing his authority to help the Trump administration dodge criminal investigations once. It's why he got. It's why he's no longer the head of the intelligence committee. He was removed even before the Democratic elections of 2018. The elections of 2018 that put so many Democrats in the House. That is. But onto the onto the fun bit. His central reasoning here is that CNN had no reason to believe that, that this was true because Lev Parnas is a total notorious liar, and so CNN's only motive could have been could have was malice towards him. That same Tuesday, during the House Intelligence Committee's public impeachment hearing, it came to, uh, a number of a number of phone records were released as part of the summary, and among those phone records were details of several calls that between Devin Nunez and Lev Parnas the same day that he filed the suit, this came to light. I, I'm no lawyer here, but isn't that enough to have this case dismissed outright? Yes. Um, I personally would think so. I mean, it's obviously been rendered moot. CN- it has, uh, CNN has had their evidence backed up by further events, but it gets, it gets better. Okay, so, so Devin Nunez had, had dodged... The question for the rest of the week, for most of the rest of the week, saying that he couldn't recall if he had ever spoken to Parnas. That seems to be a favorite Republican line. I don't recall. Do they yeah. all have Alzheimer's? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's you know it's a terribly common disease. Uh, they're all just suffering from terminal brain rot. Really, uh, they should be in a home, not getting mocked on drunk gossip. But here we are. Anyway. <laughs> This Sunday, earlier today, Devin Nunez released a new explanation in which he claimed that he received a phone call from a number belonging to Lev Parnas's wife, and that he spoke to somebody, but did not identify who. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not in the business of gossip. Oh, wait, I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> but if he's receiving a call from this other guy's wife... Is it possible that he's having an affair with her? Well, I mean, one wonders how he knows that the number belonged to the guy's wife. I mean, it's a good question. Yes. Nunez um, has made other claims to try and uh, clear his name. He's claimed that he's never been to Vienna, which Rudy Giuliani made a similar claim before it was disproved. Oh, I cannot wait for that one to come out. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, there you have it, folks. This is the Trump administration's defense. Their chief, their most, their staunchest defender in Congress has been revealed to be a part of the scandal from the very beginning. What a, uh, quel surprise. Here is my shocked face. Yeah. A little bit of international news to close out the podcast. Um, while, during, while I was away, uh, Market Watch released a report 
on the OAS's uh, on the OAS's report into the recent investigation into the recent election happenings in Bolivia. Oh, yes. For those of you, for those unaware, there was a coup there last month. The president Evo Morales was deposed by the military after what many after what the Office of American States claimed was a election was a very suspicious election that appeared to have been rigged in his favor. However, Market Watch has reported that the OAS's the OAS's initial findings are well there's no evidence to support that the election was rigged. So this is Trump syndrome all over again. Yeah, I mean pretty much but it's even worse because the OAS, the Organization of American States, whose job it is to whose job it is to monitor free elections in Latin America, sixty percent of its funding comes from us. So this is definitely has Trump's fingerprints yes. on it. A note: Evo Morales was well. He made some. He had some unpopular policies. He was a very left wing president. The individual who has replaced him so far looks to be backed by the right wing. Ah. Other notes. Not to be, not to get all conspiracy theory up here and here, but Morales's this coup and Morales's removal happened very shortly after an attempt by him to lucre, to nationalize the lucrative lithium industry in Bolivia and cancel the deals with cancel deals with a number of international corporations. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's been happening. We uh, we may have backed on yet another. Poorly thought out Latin American coup. Now, um, five years on from now, everybody's going to be wondering about the sudden influx of refugees again. It seems like that's just yeah, what they want. This is the pattern. Well, anyway, on to some. I'm, I'm going to close out on some happier news. Also, while I was away, Congress passed and Trump signed a resolution supporting the protests in Hong Kong. And condemning the Chinese government's response to them. Even though the Chinese president threatened that it would have terrible consequences for the trade war. Oh, what the hell. It's not like Trump was going to be able to get us out of this thing anyway. (gasps) Touche. Anyway, that's all for tonight, folks. Quick update. Tomorrow morning, we're expected to receive receive jury... Attorney General Barr's report on the origins of the Mueller investigation. Everybody's expecting this to be hot air, and I'm ex- and to be frank, I think they're probably right. He's released no evidence to show that the Mueller report had sinister beginnings, but I'm interested to hear how he spins it anyway. So come next week's Politalk, we'll be doing a deep dive on that. And I'm going to go and wait for my $435 million lawsuit from Devin Nunes. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't care that a bunch of guys from New York are defaming his character, but... Again, I, I need to see proof that he has a character. I mean, if he really has any money, I could give him some things to get to have a defamation... I could say some things he could have a defamation suit about. <laughs> but it's probably best we cut the podcast off before then. I believe that's all. All right, guys. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>